Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's your boy Sully on the Excuse Me podcast. And there's a quote that says the growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. The growth and development of people is the highest calling of leadership. And this is so important. So I know that we are always working and always in the word and always deepening our relationship with Christ. And I think it is very important that us as the body of Christ, each one teach one, right? We are called to make disciples. And if you are not developing those disciples, then you are shorthanding those people that are following behind you. So professional development, Christian development, leadership development, whatever you want to call it, is important within the realm of Christianity. And we should do our due diligence in doing that. So today, that's the lane that we're going to be operating on. And I'm going to introduce a new term that is not that common, but it is common in the business world. And it is the word VUCA. The word is called VUCA. And you're like, Sully, what is VUCA? Is this a new T at Starbucks or something? No. VUCA stands for V, volatility, U, uncertainty, C, complexity, and A, ambiguity. V, volatility, U, uncertainty, C, complexity, and A, ambiguity, VUCA. So volatility is the nature and the dynamics of change, right? The nature and the speed of how things change in environments that things change suddenly, patterns change suddenly. That is the volatility of something. And understand that VUCA is, before I get into the other letters, VUCA is a description of the world that we live in today. And VUCA can be a description of organizations that we work in today. VUCA can be a description, hopefully not of your marriage or other relationships that we're in or global relationships. VUCA can be uh, such a descriptive way of the things and the dynamics that are around us. So V is volatility, right? The world can be very volatile place. It can be changed, whether it's in the weather, in the natural realm, whether it's with people and how things change, whether it's in businesses and how things change, whether it's in war and how things change. And although this term was used in the business world, it actually rooted itself from a military um, use when we use this to how to describe war. So it was very appropriate. So V is volatility. U is uncertainty, right? The lack of predictability, um, the sense of awareness, our, understa- our uh, understanding of issues and events, right? We There is uncertainty. I don't know how to move forward because there's just not enough evidence to tell me what is going on. Complexity, a, a multiplex of forces, um, things that are super interdependent between each other. So today we have a lot of things that connect within each other. And the best way to give an example of this is if I have a global organization, right? I may be operating my organization one way in the United States, but if my organization is rooted in Japan, there's going to be other ways and other complexities that are within that environment. There are ways to move within that environment. There are certain rules and things that I have to abide by by being in that country that I may not have to abide by in the United States. But those things are still under the same organization. So there are some complexities that must be understood within the organization. And then ambiguity. There's a haziness of reality, right? I cannot fully see 
what's going on. It's, it's purely vague. Things are open-ended. Um, there's some misreads. It's mix, a mixed meaning of conditions, right? There's a cause of confusion, right? The, the picture is not totally clear. So we have volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. And I think you can see already how these things are applied, whether within your scope of the world or just in the world in general. So how is VUCA measured, right? How, how are these things measured? And usually in an organizational construct, they are used for planning and readiness, process management, um, systematic failures and behavior failures and some other things that VUCA is measured. So you're like, all right, so, like, so I get this principle. I understand what you're saying to me, but how, what is the next level? What is, what is tier two? So tier one, I understand what VUCA is and how possibly it starts to apply to my situation. But then how do I combat VUCA? Well, you actually do it with VUCA. You do it with vision, understanding, clarity, and agility, right? Vision is vital in turbulent times. It's my way of seeing towards the horizon, right? It's my goal that I am constantly aiming for. And I understanding, I need understanding in stuff that is uncertain, things that can be counter to my understanding, things that are um, ambiguous and complex. I need understanding. And then coupled with that, I need clarity. To be effective in a VUCA world, change comes quickly and can be immediately impactful. Leaders who can quickly and clearly tune out the noise and tune into all the factors that are driving the volatility and the seeming chaos and they can make it better and they can make informed decisions and bring about clarity and you have to be agile in the VUCA world right you have to be able to be dynamic you have to be able to move quickly and easily someone whose ability to think critically and quickly someone who can change their position in an effective way so volatility requires agility right? Things that change quickly, patterns that change a lot, we have to be able to be agile. Uncertainty requires vision. In uncertain environments, I have to know and be hard-coded into what my vision is, what my goals are, what my milestones are, how am I going to get there from start to finish, even though some things in the middle may shift, may change. I may be uncertain of those variables, but I have a vision, something that I'm locked in on. And then complexity requires understanding. A lot of things that are interdependent with each other, I need to have a deep understanding of why they are complex or if they even need to be complex and what the common denominators are. And then ambiguity, things that are fuzzy, things that are unclear, obviously need someone who can provide clarity. Now, for the Christian, for the believer, this concept of vision, understanding, clarity, and agility in the world of volatility uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity comes full circle in Christ. How? How does this thing come full circle? Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6 gives us this answer, but before we get there, I wanted to start at verse 1 in John 14 and then read down through verse 7. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Let's pause there for a second. Isn't it amazing we have 
a God that doesn't want us to worry. He doesn't want us to fret. Through our belief in him, God wants us to be at peace. Psalm 73 verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In a world that is ever volatile, ever changing and and uncertain of what will happen next, our God, our Father is saying, fear not. Do not be troubled. Do not be dismayed for I am. God is our strength. In him we have our peace. When the waves of adversity are battering against your life, We trust in the Lord with all our hearts and we don't lean to our own understandings. We trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and do not lean to our own understandings. So we should lift our arms in praise to the one over all things and wants the best for us. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. What I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said in verse five to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus in verse six answers, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus provides the vision, the waypoint, the direction for everyone. He says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our lives should be looking towards Jesus. By knowing Jesus, you know the Father. By knowing Jesus, you know the Father. By knowing the Word, you know the Father. By knowing Jesus, the Word, you know the Father. You know how to live your life so that we may have life with the Father in heaven. John 10, 7 through 9. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I love when he says that, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. God provides vision. Matthew seven thirteen. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few find it. So let's talk truth for a minute. Okay, so we got vision. Let's talk 
truth for a minute. Jesus said, I'm the way, but we're going to go to truth. Jesus didn't just speak truth and fulfill prophecy, but is the characterization of what truth is. It's one thing to say what is true and then actually to be the embodiment of what truth is. The holistic example, the definition of truth's existence. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Once God's word is said, it is eternal. God spoke everything, everything, literally everything into existence, and it remains at his word. Jesus is God's word, thus being the embodiment of eternal truthfulness. God's word is spoken from an eternal dominion. The earth is his footstool. Jesus on the cross exclaims, Teletelestai, it is finished. Teletelestai comes from the verb teleo, which means to bring to an end, to complete, to accomplish. Teletelestai is the perfect tense in the Greek. Teletelestai is the perfect tense in the Greek. That's significant because the perfect tense speaks of an action which has been completed in the past with results continuing in the present. It's different from past tense, which looks back at, to an event and says, this happened. The perfect tense adds the idea, this happened and is still in effect to today. Okay. The perfect tense adds the idea that this happened and is still in effect to today. God is always in the perfect tense. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word is complete. The truth itself is never half, or never not quite, or never all the way, or almost. But when we speak of truth, we understand it as complete, as fully of what it is. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their host by the seventh day God completed his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work for which he had done Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 for by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him John 1, 3, all things, for all things into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Colossians 2, 10 says, and you are complete in him. That's right. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Another translation states, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness he is the head over every power and authority. You have been brought to fullness. By living in Christ, we are walking in fullness. Amen. Walking in truth and towards truth. To walk in truth is to walk in all that God has called us to. The parameters in which we live our lives in accordance to God's word. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. We do what it says. So now let's move on to life. So we talked about the way, 
We talked about truth. Now let's talk about life. Galatians 2. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. As a believer in Christ, it is no longer I, but is the great I am that's inside of me. As a believer in Christ, it is no longer the I, but is the great I am that lives inside of me. It is Christ that lives in me and who I live in. My sacrifice is in congruency. It is in tandem with Christ who sacrificed for me. I am only giving back what God has given me. I am only giving back what God has given me. Christ has provided me an opportunity in truly living life, full life with purpose, service, and dominion. Romans 5.18. So then, as through one transgression, there resulted condemnation to all men, even so, through one act of righteousness, there resulted justification of life to all men. Just as death was brought through Adam, life was restored through the second Adam. It was restored through Christ. John 6, verse 51. I am the living bread that came out of heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give for the life of the world, is my flesh. Corinthians fifteen twenty-two. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Amen. Just as we were dead in our sin, dead in our transgressions, dead in all those deeds that wager and profit in death, we have been saved and made alive in Christ. Where I have fallen short, God has picked up the pieces. Where the devil has lied, Jesus has made a way. When there was no way, when there was no way out, God shined in my life. When I was in the hospital, God was in the hospital. When I was addicted, God was there with me. When I was homeless, God was my warmth. When there was depression, God's God's love conquered suicide. When I had no money, God provided. When, 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 when you were not loved, God showed you his heart. When you were down and out, God was the rock. When you were in jail, God was there in the cells. God was there in those circumstances, those those pure circumstances that you have to go through to be able to relate to. So I don't know where you are right now, but if you are going through these situations, I just want you to give God a praise right now. If we are the body of Christ and we are going to maneuver the multitude of of VUCA environments we are a part of, we have to have vision, understanding, clarity, and agility, but realize that the answer to all of this is Christ. And just as he has delivered us from what no one could, no one could but God could deliver us from. Realize that everything is under God's will. We must understand that he is the answer giver, the peace provider, 
and the strength sustainer. There must be a dogged persistence behind our daily decision making to allow God to live in our lives and us in him. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7 through 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. I will leave you with this quote and final point. A quote from Charles Spurgeon that says, Many people owe the grandeur of their lives to their tremendous difficulties. There are those of you that may be encountering the tidal waves of affliction And I want to let you know that God will turn today's terrible circumstances into beautiful tomorrows. Place your hope in God and watch God turn the hope to healing for your life. If you don't have Jesus in your life right now and you want the life-changing power of God in your life, say this with me. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I know you died on the cross for me and I want to serve you for the rest of my life. Be my savior. Come into my heart. Do your good works in me and I pledge my life to you. If you said that prayer for the first time, welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to being a kingdom kid. Welcome to having a relationship with Christ. And welcome back to those who may have said it again. Everyone out there that listens to this podcast, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your efforts. I hope that you're blessed. I hope that you're safe. I hope that you raise God daily in your lives and make him number one in your life. And I pray that you dive deeper into the word. And I'll see you next time on another Maximize the Moment. Let's get it. By the power of the Holy Ghost A new wind is blowing